Are you good to go? Great. Excellent. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And before we start today's episode, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to whichever channel you're watching or listening from. And uh, today we have a really interesting topic and an amazing guest, a, a great person, and I'm really excited to have her on. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, the struggles of infertility and uh, our today's guests is amazing. She does great work uh, with women on, on these struggles. And if you've gone through it, or if you know somebody who's gone through it, you know that it's, it's, uh, it's, it can be difficult. And uh, our amazing guest today, Karen, Dr. Karen Stillman, uh, has great programs. And I just love the way that she approaches it. So I, I thought it would be great to have her on. So thank you so much, Karen, uh, for agreeing to come on today. My pleasure. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and uh, how you got to where you are today? Certainly. I, um, I started, I guess, uh, I was in my residency training program and I was struggling to get pregnant. We'd been married for a year and a half and decided that we weren't going to wait to have babies because I knew I had only one fallopian tube. And uh, the doctor had said to me in grade eight, when I had the normal appendix removed with the dying necrotic, he described it. So it was a dead fallopian tube, what was causing my acute appendicitis uh, episode. And he said to me at the six week checkup that, I, you know, well, actually he spoke to mom. He never spoke to me He yeah. looked at my mom and said, she's going to struggle to get pregnant. So that was in the back of my mind. So when I, you know, met Mr. Wright and, uh, decided we were going to, you know, do the babies and got married and then started. There was a year and a half of just struggle after struggle. Um, nothing was working. Uh, I am in, at this point, the obstetrics and gynecology residency program at the medical school. And so access to everything. And I'm having blood tests and scans and doing this and doing that investigation. After this year and a half, you know, I feel like a pincushion, so I'm I'm just miserable. Um, it got to the point where my husband and I started fighting all the time, and it's like, oh my gosh, we've been married only a year and a half together. A year before that, like, what's going on? And so I was feeling quite hopeless, really, really hopeless, um, because I previously had excelled at you know school and every you know academic and other uh, actions adventures things that I had focused on athletics outside extracurricular. And it's just like, I'm a failure. I really felt like a failure. And this is one thing that women are supposed to do and be able to do. And why can't I, why not me? So I was feeling quite devastated, especially with um, the marriage really went quite rocky. And so I go home to visit my mom and dad because my mom is my rock. And we, you know, have some conversations and mom, uh, one of them just really looked at me and said, Karen, do you not remember what you said to me in the car ride home after that six week appointment with the doctor who took out your appendix and that too? No, I had no idea. So my mom, she's quite funny, is now deceased, but she said to me in her best imitation of a, <clears throat> at the time, a 13 year old Karen, no one, no one, not even him is going to tell me I can't have my two babies. 
a boy first and a girl second, just like you, mummy. And I just broke down into tears and it's like, you're right. I forgot, it just all came flooding back, that rush of desire as a little girl. I'm gonna have two babies. I'm gonna have a boy first and a girl second, just like my mom. And that was great. that was it. I, I I didn't need any more. I mean, we had lots of fun for the rest of the week and visited family and friends and things. But when I went back to to my husband and to work, I said to him, "We are going to stop all the science stuff and all the medical management of baby making, and we're just gonna have fun." I spent more time going to the gym. I did a little bit more tweaking with my diet. I made sure I had more downtime, went to bed early. Um, and we were having more fun because we were going out and seeing and spending time with friends, not rushing to get other things done because, well, when we're pregnant, you know, it's going to be busier and all the other stuff to do is like, nah, whatever. And I was in timing cycles, having sex whenever we wanted to, not... <laughs> Honey, it's time to come home. I'm ovulating in an hour, or I just ovulated. We've got an hour window. There was none of the temperature charts, all this chaos. And when I got back from that trip visiting mom and dad, I was pregnant within three months. Wow. It was just that shift, that whole shift of mindset. And the second time, that was for the first one. For baby number two, Jacob was two years old. And we decided, should we, should we do number two? Yes. Okay. So I stopped the pill as at work, you know, kind of organizing and planning and nice to have cycle controls or skip cycles. And mm -hmm. so stopped the pill within six weeks. I missed that next period thinking, okay, well, you know, that can happen. I know all the stuff with what goes on with that, but nope, sure enough, did the pregnancy test positive. So baby number two was even quicker. Mm -hmm. Wow. It was just. <sighs> yeah. And that's kind of the feeling. Yeah. You, I, I like that you mentioned that because there's so many emotions and I've learned that from, you know, loved ones and friends that have gone through it as well as you do really feel like you're a lab rat almost when you're, you're being probed and uh, timed and this is so stressful. And uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. My, my book should be out sometime in April, maybe the end of April, pin cushion to pregnant, which about my story and talks about in more detail some of the things we're probably going to discuss today. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that because that's been a labor of love. Yeah, and it's, it's a book that needs to be out there because it's really how it feels. And a lot of women don't talk about it because you mentioned that too. You're kind of embarrassed. You know, what's wrong with me? This is what I'm a woman. This is what I'm supposed to be doing from you know, the core, that's what we're here yes. for. Yes. And, and then yeah. it doesn't help with the family going, well, when are you going to have babies? Not knowing oh. necessarily what you're going through, right? I uh, have that, but I heard that from the mother-in-law and more so mm -hmm. with my husband's uh, sister who was married three years before us who yet to have babies. And so she was in that mode. She was so ready for grandbabies. Well, if, if you're not going to give us grandbabies, how come you're not yet? And it's like, oh, you know, we're trying. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, there's so much stress and it's well-intentioned, but it's layers of stress. It's, as I describe it, it's the peanut gallery, right? There's that external mm. peanut gallery of, why aren't you having babies? You've been married so long, you know, family, friends, just other people, you know, coworkers. 
And then, you know, there's the internal own peanut gallery where, oh, I didn't happen this month. What am I doing wrong? What can I do different? Why, why? And then most women then see a coworker, somebody on the street at an event or organization that they attend and that woman's pregnant or even in the grocery store. And then there's the, oh, that more guilt and shame and, and then anger, this, this intense anger for a lot of women rise up. It's like, well, how come she gets to have a baby and I don't? And when it's, and it, it can be a total stranger, not even a family member, you know, because you really yeah. want to feel the love for the family member and, and support, but there's just this sense of loss because it's not happening for me. And what's wrong with me? There's just almost like big flashing what's wrong with me yeah yeah and it's it just seems like you that's where you'll see more baby bumps too because you're so focused on the baby that you notice the baby bumps a lot more yeah, yeah. oh now you did mention you were in OBGYN at the time you were in practice and you moved away from that to actually start and, and you're coaching and uh, can you explain to me what when did it become evident for you that you needed to move away from the medical probing stuff and go into a more human approach to fertility? Yeah, yeah. Well, my obstetrics gynae practice was a full range. So, you know, girls, young girls with, you know, period problems, newborns with labial agglutination, doing everything to deliveries day and night because babies come when they want. And mm -hmm. uh, menopause things so surgeries office practice the whole nine yards and always had that heart-centered practice any woman in my office was treated like my best friend like my mother I never had sisters but it was I wanted to be treated well so I treated everybody well they got their time I might have missed lunch or had to grab the one hour book lunch often was five minutes often five yeah. minutes at the start of the next patient. So that was always my, my practice, but it just, it was life and soul sucking to the point where I was not seeing many of my colleagues having the same kind of energy. I'd walk into my hospital and greet people and staff physicians, particularly half the time, recognize the voice, wouldn't look up, look up, look down, but not nod, smile, no hellos. I was really feeling there's just something that doesn't suit me. And I actually noticed it all through medical training and uh, started attending, reattending church a little bit more. I do have a spiritual Catholic background. I don't impose those beliefs, but if you believe in God or the universe or quantum physics or source energy, however, that. For me, God is the grand overall designer. So there's some sort of something that is a higher power for right. you label that, that I was, you know, inquiring with, like, what else is there? There's just not something right. I will use the analogy of the square peg in the round hole, not the round peg in the square hole where it just moves around and it's all over the place. I felt like as a square peg, I had to be, whittling away pieces of me to fit the medical mold. Mm -hmm. And when I got so busy, because uh, it was great, it was fantastic. Um, I just felt like I just lost such a part of me and I got sick. Mm -hmm. I started having back pain that for six months, my 10 year old, 
gratefully, um, had to help me dress. I couldn't bend over, reach down enough to hook on my underwear. <laughs> I'll wow. be on uh, the back. You know, I couldn't move very well. Seated, stop, stand. That could work, but not forward bending or rotation. That was six months. And then I started doing some uh, more natural things for me. So I was always doing um, a bit of yoga, working out, you know, watching the diet, but with hours, you know, the chaos, the coffee, you know, sometimes just grabbing whatever on the fly to eat. Many a time, many a nurse, you know, stuck some toast in front of me, Karen, you look so pale. It's 4 a.m. When did you eat last? <laughs> Five o'clock last night. Like I've been going since, right? Mm -hmm. So I got so sick. That got the pain got better, but then I got so sick. And uh, what really made the difference for me is before I actually stopped my practice, I went on a 10 day silent meditation retreat. They're called Vipassanas. It's wow. based on Buddhist style of meditating, uh, fully instructed, but it is 10 days of silence. And I signed up with this because one of my nurse friends had recommended it. And she was one of the most amazing delivery nurses, never any children herself. But when that woman just could make anything happen in the delivery suite. And when she recommended this, I kind of didn't ignore it for about a year and a half, but I was just getting so sick. She goes, Karen, one night when I was on call, I finished delivery before you go home at kind of 4 a.m. We're booking this. Fill in the questionnaire. <laughs> she fed me. <laughs> so she goes, what would your answer be to this? Because I was trying to, you know, so filled in the questionnaire, attended this Vipassana and there was a little bit of a wait, but when we went to the, to the retreat, it on day six, I noticed midday, I had no pain, zero pain. Wow. I could move like I've never moved in years. It was fantastic. And everything was just feeling lighter and lovelier. And on the drive back, it was uh, about four hours drive away from where I was working in Ottawa. And on the drive back, my stomach started feeling weird. We had to pull over an hour and a half from home. I was sick as a dog. The next oh morning, I was stiff. The morning after that, Back pain was back to about 50% of what it was before I was on the retreat, the silent meditation retreat. And in that moment, I realized the impact that stress was having on my life. And so I looked at what I could or couldn't do, what you know would be the best thing to or not to do, and kind of snowballed with my hypothyroidism, totally, you know, upping the dose, upping the dose to be manageable after I returned that I just decided this is crazy. I'm also not sleeping. It's, it's, it was out of control. So yeah. I took a step back and six weeks after I stopped practice, I got sicker because I was allowing my body to actually rest. And so even though my family doctor who worked at the hospital that I was working strongly encouraged, Karen, you just need to get back to work. You just need to get, jump back up on the horse. Like you've had a bit of a break, you know, it's been yeah. five months because I was in for an appointment thinking she said she was going to fill in some long-term disability. Cause like I was exhausted. I was doing spending 10 hours to 12 hours with a two hour prep for a sleep routine 
and getting five hours of broken sleep over the course of two hours of prep and 10 hours of up and down, up and down. I said, back to work. You think I'll be fit to look after <laughs> an emergency C-section? Anything? No, no. So when I realized that I wasn't being looked after by allopathic medicine, I sought out alternatives. Um, I also switched family doctors so I could get some of the other referrals that I wanted and not always be told, when you going back to work, when you going back to work, because when I had my next appointment with her, I felt the stress, you know, that morning waking up, it's like, I have to go see her. My body was humming in a negative way. It was vibrating at a lower level, but it was just, it was, I could almost start to feel my heart go, Karen, you can remember what that feels like. Like it's still, and so it was to the point where my cell phone, which I had used as my um, paging system, because it was much, there were no dead zones in comparison to my pager, um, because it was on home call. Um, I can tell you, I, I still to this day, that last day of work was August 2014. And it took me six years to recover where I could actually get six and a half hours straight sleep. Yeah. And that's it's crazy. It's crazy. It is. And it's so it's common the more I talk to people, because I've gone through the same where you a, a job where I, I would catch myself kind of say, okay, I need to turn into a robot now. And if that just wears away at you and it does take long to recover. And I like that you mentioned the fact that it gets worse when you do start resting and taking care of yourself, because it's like your body's shedding this. It's like there's buildup of like something should be happening right now. Why is nothing happening right now? And then you just get more anxious about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it also reminds you that, wow, like you finally took time. Now see how much you need to work. Exactly. <laughs> or not work, right? Like work on yeah. the action steps, not laboriously, but just That's the, right. of the intensity of to the level at yeah. which this is detrimental to your body. And, yeah. you know, so like, you know, to this day, you know, it's not so bad now, but uh, still, in, you know, two, three years ago, I, I don't put my phone, my phone is always on vibrator off. The ringer is rarely on unless I'm expecting a call because I will flinch. I have post-traumatic stress-like disorder from, from the cell phone, from the paging system, from the on-call, the always being available. I'm such a light sleeper. That is a contrast from, you know, while I was in training and, and working, it was so the case. But uh, before that, I was always, you know, a great dead to the world sleeper, and that hasn't returned. And so mm. I'm so grateful, though, that with all of the natural things that I've done, uh, after being maxed out on um, thyroid pills, trying different pills, I am off all thyroid medication. Wow. Um, same with the adrenal, the holistic people wanted me on some ashwagandha and a few other herbal and other concoctions, which were great. Um, but then I got to the point where a year and a half ago, I started having hot flashes, but long into the menopause, about three years before that and sweating profusely. And just like, I need to stop this. Cause I think my adrenals have kicked back in. <laughs> so I do. The only thing that has not come back full is the, um, is the sleep. It's still light, um, easily disturbed. Um, but I think there's something intending more greatness because for the last six months or more, 
I'm awake at 4.30 in the morning, the time that Vipassana's wake you up for your first morning. <laughs> so I, I, right. I the sign, it's Karen, Karen, COVID's over. It's time to get back into some of these, uh, get into one more of these retreats, Re, re-energize yourself with the healing mm-hmm. of that vibration. And when I was six months after being off sick, you know, the doctors looking at everything had me on antidepressants two antidepressants and then the cocktail to help me sleep because well you're more than burnt out if you feel you can't go back to work you know everybody told me I was depressed I was depressed um I I I think if I had seen somebody maybe a subspecialist I might have been labeled with a a post-traumatic stress which doesn't matter what the label was I I did the routines I got a bit better so I could do more of the energy things the mindfulness things. So not necessarily, and I did do some Reiki training. It doesn't have to be if you feel that's more woo woo, um, but quantum physics, what I love about that explains energy and how vibration and everything in medicine works and how science it's, it's science-based. It's not psychology. It's not spirituality. It's not woo woo. It is science. And just because you can't see the vibration of your body, which is three quarters water, but why am I not like melting into the floor? (laughs) Because you don't understand it and you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Like I love my kids, but you can't see the love. You see the result of the love when I give them a hug, but I can feel the vibration. It's like wind. You can't see wind unless you see the trees moving. But if you don't have trees and sand and leaves or snow or anything, and it's windy, you wouldn't know it's windy. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. You mentioned um, negative, like how you fall into that negative vibration. How would you, how would you say that um, those negative emotions, how, how, from your experience, how do they affect women and when they're trying to conceive? We don't realize the impact of that. And we do not have yet tests and things to determine that. But what we do know from other body parts and other organ systems is, and we are designed to be aware of danger. So we're kind of primed to be fire, you know, no food is, you know, I'm going to be attacked, right? Like that basic lizard brain, that monkey mind stuff that distracts you is, is, is our preset program. And then most of our thoughts are actually repetitive and negative. So when you get one, and if you get it early, then you have so many years to keep replaying that tape player of that negative emotion and program. So that um, if you've heard things when you were younger about someone who has struggled to have babies, um, as it's you yourself, if you've tried for a few months and it's, you know, six months of that, if you keep repeating to yourself, what's wrong with me, what's wrong with me, there must be something wrong with me. Um, well, that becomes like, that, that's your mantra, that's your mantle. And when we have this negative stress, that activates that adrenal gland, we're kind of into this freeze, fight or flight, that mode of our nervous system is even ramped up more, which to the point it was blunted in me and shut me down completely. Um, it will first shut down the non-vital organs. 
So your vital organs. So if a saber tooth tire or something else strenuous, someone's got a gun pointed to you, your blood and all your nervous system is primed for running away, hiding if that is immediately important. So, but your heart, lungs, and your muscles go, 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 go. You're not going to drop squat and have a pee or poo. (laughs) And you're not going to procreate. You're just not going to, you know, go into the corner, you know, so (laughs) those non-vital organs get turned off. Um, So, you know, you're going to then eventually go to the bathroom because, you know, that stress goes away or you're going to, you know, you pee your pants and then, you know, but you know, it's going to accumulate again and you're going to eat and you're not going to, you're not going to initiate the moment, feel hungry, but you will a few hours later, but the reproductive system, I mean, when you've seen from doing surgeries, you don't have to have seen it, but I've seen it. The fimbriate on the end of the tube. So if my arm is the fallopian tube and the ends of my fingers are the fimbriate to catch the egg, they are so delicate looking. You know, we are tough as nails and resilient, although, you know, they're just, they're beautiful and delicate and they're so petite looking. I mean, really, for women who describe all this pain they're having, if they really saw how big their uterus is, it's not that big when it's not pregnant or never been pregnant. It has a great impact to, you don't ovulate, the hair in your tubes, because there's little hairs that move the eggs down and move the sperm up. You know, those swimmers can only swim for so long. They need help from, you know, (laughs) from, you know, the fallopian tube cilia. And it's... Well, stuff just doesn't work. It's shut yeah. program not to work because you're not safe to do that. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. It's, it's to the core. It's primary. It's it's yeah. just, I like you said, it's not time to procreate right now if you're in danger. And if, if this is your mantra, like you said, you're constantly telling you yourself that there's something wrong, something is danger. Your brain just can't tell the difference. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Well, if yeah. I said to you, because your brain, the universe, whatever, doesn't interpret the, the negative, the not piece. So if I said, do not, absolutely do not think of an elephant, <laughs> what picture just entered your mind? The elephant, yeah. <laughs> and there's much science to support that, but it's, it's, it's not talked about yeah. in that way. And God bless people. They, people are just not aware and awake to some of this stuff. And if they are, it's not been phrased in a way that it just makes sense that, yeah, it's just not the time, you know, Mm -hmm. babies. Yeah. And it takes time to reprogram yourself when you've been in the negative for so long, it does take time. So getting that help. Absolutely. uh, is can be necessary or you get better results because you got somebody behind you saying it's okay. You know, let's, let's, let's keep going. 35 to 50 trillion cells who eavesdrop subconsciously and take in, you know, a million bits of information every, you know, second, but your regular senses take in a fraction of that, like a fraction of that. And so and it doesn't forget your subconscious does not forget. And so your, your cells are vibrating at those levels. And if you think about it, people are sort of aware, you know, yeah, my platelets live only for seven days, more familiar red blood cells only live for 120 days, you know, uh, you know, skin cells slough off 
all of the cells in your body, some are quicker, seven, 10, 120 days. Others are, you know, a few years. So over the course of, I think, I believe it is uh, somewhere about seven years, you are actually a whole new being of cells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, if the previous cell, but when it was dividing, was still at that vibration of fear, worry, doubt, shame, guilt, those low energies that will shut you down energies, it reproduces the same low vibration. So it takes a while to get this out of your system. Yeah, yeah, it does. Now you have uh, amazing programs to help women. I love that that your site is called the the Baby Making Genius. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You have this program that you call Conceive with Karen. Can you t- yeah. tell us a little bit of your approach and what what women can expect from this program? Well, Conceive with Karen is all about reconnecting that mind with your body so you can do what you would love to do and that's have your baby Mm. i really like my mission is that any woman and every woman who desires to have a baby i don't care your race your background whatever condition you think you've got you've been told every woman who desires to have a baby does because we lose our power and we don't really intend to say here, I'm going to give it to you, Dr. So-and-so, but you know, women, we, we do, we, we, we let that go um, to learn of people who have lots of information, but they do not know you. They do not know the heart and soul of you. They know the anatomy heart, um, you know, head, fingers, knees, and toes, eyes, ears, you know, like, like they know the parts of you um, and they will reference because our our intake history and physical standard medical forms want to know all about you, not just your age, your weight, your height, your blood pressure. We do want to know your past surgeries, your past medical conditions, um, that of your family, allergies, medications, all those kinds of things. But on there is, you know, your stress, but you know, who asks you on a scale of one to 10, what's your work stress like? What's your financial stress like? What's your relationship stress level like with your partner, with your family, your friends, your coworkers? What, what, you know, like you go onto the government of Canada website for fertility, infertility and things to help. There's lots of stuff and they talk about alternatives and things and possibly look at reducing your stress. And sometimes you can consider, you know, yoga exercise and a few mindfulness training techniques. That's at the bottom. Yeah. So we, I I help people become more aware of you have that power and we're going to awaken it. We're going to bring that to the forefront in this program. And I take my ladies by the hand and I find out, I know usually know what their number one goal is, something about having a baby, but I also want to know what your number one challenge is. I want to know what the next few challenges are because I need to know what you're thinking. I want to know what your relationship is like with your partner, not just how many times you're having sex and when is it time with your cycle? Like it's, it's, it's amazing because women don't share. Women think we're alone in these problems because when women came to my medical practice with oh you're here with the period problem well that doesn't sound that bad when we got the details i'm thinking in my head and i i would ask 
is there anything else going on? I do my review of systems. Well, you know, okay. So depending on how the conversation has gone today, I might just say spit it out. Or I would say, okay, so do you have any problems with, um, you know, peeing with intercourse um, and discomfort with intercourse? Like I, I would have a list of 10 things specifically to the girly stuff. And then some women would just break down. Yes. Yeah. I just feel this lump and it hurts. And I don't know how to tell them that. And it wasn't the periods that she came in for. Because I said, well, we can start doing some of these. Really? The periods were just an excuse. So my GP would send me a referral to you. Yeah. So women are not talking about it. Some are. And, but the majority are not. And mm-hmm. because they, they, they're not sure, they don't know. When you get into the complaining mode, it's great to vent. Um, however, venting alone is only repeating the problem, repeating the problem, repeating the problem. So you're still stuck in the problem. So when your mindset is still working with the problem and micromanaging your problem and knowing all about your own LH levels and this follicle size and this blood work and this timing and this new drug and this is what's coming up. When you are so focused on the problem, I mean, really, if I asked you, when I asked these ladies, do you want to have amazing, super high LH surges or do you want to have a baby? <laughs> oh yeah, like I would just rather have a baby. Well, visualize a baby. Because when you're thinking about the LH surges and the right follicle sizes and the timing of your injections or the taking of this and doing the whatever, micromanaging at that one spot and you're not really, and then you're, you're, you're vibrating again at that problem level, problem level. If you can't yeah. even get into, well, it's working me through to the solution. Well, let's just think about what would you love? I have an easiest question for you. The power question that I ask my clients is, what would you love? I'd love to have a baby. What does that look like? Well, then they don't want to visualize it because what's important is seeing it every day. Because if 75 to 85% of your thoughts are negative and 85 to 90% are recurring, you're thinking all the bad stuff and we need to fill up the good stuff. It's like if you had mud in a cup, it's hard to do in the Zoom, but if you had a little bit of mud in the cup and you want to get rid of the mud, you know, you can spend time scraping it and doing whatever. But if you pour in with a jug water, you get a big chunk of it out and only little particles left are floating around, right? So we just want to work with that water, that goodness, that, you know, light and love from the universe. Besides being well hydrated, most women are not. Like there are some of, I also, part of my program is the body basics. Yes. Do you drink enough water? Because your organ, we're three quarters water. So we think we have to have, you know, how much water. Um, And it's all different. There is the uniqueness to people with that. But, you know, your brain is 90% water. So if you're dehydrated, you're not even thinking straight. <laughs> For one, yeah. all that's going on. So we want to have the whole reproductive system working well. We want your breathing to work well. Breath. For me, breath is the number one. Breath is absolutely number one because without your breath, you have no life. That's true. And the quality of your breathing will determine and dictate the quality of your life. The quality of life, if you take good breaths and regular consistently, yes, we hold our breath and there's techniques of, I would call it retain your breath because you don't want to hold on to it like a tense grip. There's energy with that holding on that's, that's, that's negative and derogatory from your vibration. But if you 
retain breath and then let it go. Like you don't worry about taking the next breath. So why do you worry about, you know, your next period can come and go and you didn't get like, let it go. Like you let go of your breath. So I go through a bunch of breathing techniques to find which one will suit with women. We work with a few other body basics with the water and diet, um, as well as movement and non-movement, you know, getting some of these ladies just to lie on the floor on their belly so they can feel grounded. Now, even better if you can do it on the earth, outside on the grass, on the beach, you know, to really make a difference. And, you know, in our climate in Canada, <laughs> our climate yeah. not the cold, you're not going to lie on the ground in January, February, March, probably November, no. December, uh, especially naked or half naked or barefoot. However, yeah. hug a tree, even with your clothes on, hug a tree, but have that cheek exposed and, you know, really love that tree to get that grounding down because then you'll notice how the rise and fall of the chest actually happens or in the belly. Can you maneuver your body so that with the breasts lying there, the belly, the pubic bone, how much can make in contact and just let go, let go. Because if you don't let go, you can't receive. It's a law of circulation. You yeah. have to and let go to receive. That's good. So true. <laughs> um, now, having lived it, you lived it yourself and with all these women that you're working with, um, what would you say? This is where I like to dig a little deeper and say, what do families and, and loved ones need to know what, what that what that women is actually going through? You know, as we kind of, like you said, we awkwardly will say, oh, well, you know, it'll come, you know, yeah. just, just relax. And then the minute you hear relax, you're stressing out even more, you know, like yeah. they, they all have their little advice on what they they've heard but what what did should loved ones and, and friends and family really know about how that this woman that is not going to tell you what she's going through but something that that could help them and uh, how they approach the the subject when they when they need to go back to one of the basics as well which is i see that there's four basic needs breath water food food and love or, you know, you can live a long time with no food if you, if you have good breath and water and love. So you just need to tell them I love them and treat them with love and kindness. Just love wow. on them. Just love on them. That's simple. Love on them. Simple. It's simple. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. That's a beautiful answer. Yeah. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it really is that simple. That's all it is. That's what babies come from love, you know? So yeah. Yeah. Yes. Cause sex is supposed to be fun. So, you know, it's not called making love, you know, for, no, love on each other. Totally love. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just go, how can, you know, what can I do? What can I do to, you know, show my daughter, show my sister, show my friend that I love them. And maybe it's as simple of send them in a bunch of heart emojis every day for a week, just to, for them to wake up and see. Oh, it, it doesn't have to be anything extraordinary because it will be extraordinary in its simplicity. We have complicated life. We have complicated the world. Um, 
There's lots of complexities if you want to dive into it. However, when you go to the basics and start working with those basics, it, it just almost falls into your lap. Yeah. Now, it, it's not that there's not action steps to take to get there. Um, simple does not mean easy for people. Simple, it's, it's straightforward, you know, everybody, whatever your race, age, education, you know, and, 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 uh, level of, uh, you know, how they think and feel, you know, kids, kids love on so easily. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, 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 it's, it's very simple and just, uh, but you may need because of where you've been, what other experiences you have, other things that are going on in your mind and body. Uh, you may need to, you know, do reminders, do, you know, have things to, to make that actionable so that it is successful for you. And this is where I have a bunch of power tools. I help people with a variety of different uh, uh, system things so that they can actually implement this stuff with ease. Um, and I do, would describe it as, because some women will come in and say, and I've seen them, you know, on, on Facebook and what have you. Oh, well, this is the herb of the year, like to get me pregnant. This is the drink. Like right. if I did kombucha for so long, like, and it's like, but if you could be doing everything of all that stuff and still not get pregnant because you're loving on your body, but are you loving with your mind? Exactly. So if you're angry with your partner about something, if you really resent your work, if you are in you know, worried about your finances all the time, if you, you know, live next door to that mother-in-law and she's, you know, you know, mother-in-law from, you know, hell, um, whatever is going on, you know, <laughs> so you can do all the right stuff with the body and, and it's not working. Cause I've had ladies come in and I had one lady in my practice actually say to me because it was a small town that I was working in and it's like, how did she get pregnant? I go, excuse me? Uh, Cause I was shocked. How did she get pregnant? Cause she was on social assistance. She's a smoker. She was underweight. Like it's just not right or fair. And I go, no. your attitude. Let's start with ABC, mm -hmm. not just the basics. A, your attitude. B, what do you believe? Yeah. C, how do you see your challenges? D, you know, do you really desire this or is it something that's, you know, so like I have, uh, you know, help people with a variety of different ways to find how they can do that, yeah. working with emotions and energy, working with their fear. Like, I, you know, I go through the alphabet. Like when I was doing yeah. a delivery, there was a mnemonic alphabetically for putting on forceps or vacuum. So you go through all the things there and it's the same thing. Where are you on your, you know, it's A to H. Yeah. So, you know, it's going through the letters, you know, F is, is where your fear is, you know, where are you feeling failure? How can you make that a friend? Mm -hmm. Forgiveness, gratitude, and H, what's your happiness factor? What do you mean? Well, what's your happiness level? <laughs> You know, if stress is a factor that can, you know, affect your blood pressure, it can kill you, you know, heart attacks, all sorts of things, make all sorts of illnesses worse. Your happiness factor can raise you up. People have written books on it. I'm really pleased with um, 
Dr. Lisa Rankin, uh, an obstetrician out of California, has the book Mind Over Medicine. And if you want randomized yeah. control trial evidence, meta-analysis, and all that data, if that's what you need as a person to understand some of this stuff, she talks about it with heart disease, diabetes, cancers, strokes, um, not so much specifically within ob with a lot of examples, but there's so much data on everything else. Yeah. Why would the productive system be different? It's part of you. You are not all these different boxes. You are a community of cells, 35 trillion, 50 trillion, whatever, you know, the stats floating around, um, subdivided into like every one of your cells ingests, does energy, reproduces, divide and, and make another two cells. It, it, um, it breathes, it respires, it, you know, it uh, gets out excretory stuff. So it does the digestive, like every one of your 35 trillion cells does everything your whole body does. So you want to treat everything well. If you want to treat your whole body well, why would you treat everybody else's 35 trillion cells well? Love on people. Yeah, just love on them. I love it. What kind of, um, what advice do you wish you would have had sooner in your life just to make your life easier? Do, Do you have any wisdom or advice looking back? Have fun. (laughs) Have more fun. When you are in that play, happy, fun mode, the world is fantastic. (laughs) Don't let that go out and play in the puddle still. When I, when I walk, when I, when I did my Camino de Santiago to Compostela in 2016, as part of my healing journey, I, I walked 45 days across Northern Spain. It was fantastic was into 200 different churches. So there was also some great vibrations there, but uh, I didn't, I saw people walking ahead of me. I was following for a couple of days, these four guys from the States. They were always, when I would catch up and pass and depending on what time of day we uh, made up with them again, they were young. They're in their twenties. They were in college. I don't know what university they were in, but they were always listening to podcasts. They were engineers. I could tell by the podcasts that going on. <laughs> I would want to cut up and go by, but I would watch these guys when I was behind them. They would avoid the puddles and they would slow down and step where they were walking. And one day I came up behind them and they were sort of slowing down, trying to decide what path they would take through this watery, where there was some dry patches or would they go way around because there was some flooding because of the time of year on this particular day. And I said, morning boys. And they go, hello. And I just straight path. No, (laughs) way, my seat get wet. That's why you buy waterproof, you know, hiking boots. Now, yeah, you know, after, you know, 20 or 25 or 30 or 35 kilometers each day, would you get wet socks and they have to dry it overnight? Probably. But, you know, it's like, like you can hold yourself back, waffle, decide, do and go walk Mm. the path, do just get to where you need to go. Don't get distracted by sometimes shiny objects, but all the other stuff. Yeah. So have fun and just look at where you want to go and do it. Take action. I love it. I love it. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up a little bit. Is there anything new going on? What you've got, uh, what have you got going on right now that's coming up or that you're working on right now? You mentioned what? your book, but is there anything else as well? Yeah, I'm just finishing the book 
And um, I've moved into starting my next phase of what I'm doing, and that is cracking the childbirth code. Yes. The women, once they've gotten and they're pregnant, to have that grace and ease at delivery, because, you know, you hear all this stuff and the horror stories and a lot of women spend two to 10 months, two to 10 years or longer surviving the trauma of their delivery and their self-inflicted, oh, well, I couldn't do that. And oh, this happened. And oh, I couldn't breastfeed, you know, this, that, and the other, and helping them with that. It's, it's a lot of the similar principles, a little bit of a different approach because um, they're at a different phase, a shorter program because most people come in, um, you know, and they start looking at, at the end of their, you know, near the end of their pregnancy. Okay. Well, now I got to get ready for a delivery. Well, <laughs> you just shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. No, it's 40 weeks for a reason <laughs> and not just to grow. Yeah. You know, that's that, that's that go time to, for you to start looking at preparing because you wouldn't, even if you're run and do 10 Ks, you wouldn't wait four weeks before a marathon to train for a marathon, right? Mm-hmm. Train for, you know, three, four, five, six months. Yeah. And that's another misconception. And I think a lot of people don't understand that women do once they go through it. Uh, men definitely don't get it. it, it you're yeah. struggling to get the baby, but then the baby has to come out. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, yes. Your body is changing for those 40 weeks and for a reason, like you say. And yeah, I, that's something that they don't prepare women. They prepare you for, for conception. They prepare you for, you know, afterwards when the baby's out, but for that, that time period where you need to prepare. So that's, that's amazing. When I saw your program, they're cracking the childbirth code. I thought that was amazing because there's nobody, I not, I can't say nobody because that's an absolute, but you don't see that. Okay. Now we got you pregnant. Let's get you ready for childbirth. And then let's get you ready for caring for that baby. You know, like the, those prenatal education classes are great. They do yeah. work with the breath, which is the number one thing. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, I remember hearing about, about that, but, and then when I attended my prenatal classes myself to see, like I was in obstetrics and gynecology, what else are they going to teach me? Like, it was probably going to be right. something clean. And it's like, yeah, no, it was only for my husband, but I, I had other education prior, you know, and in the process of taking. Right. However, looking back now, it's like, really, really, do I need to know how my car engine works, you know, how the fabric and upholstery was put together, how many coils are in my seats of my car to drive my car. It doesn't help me drive my car better. It won't help me in an accident or avoid accidents by knowing those kinds of things. So half the stuff that they teach you in prenatal education classes doesn't serve you. That's right. It's good to know, but it's not going to prepare you for what you're about to go through. Yeah, exactly. But you really are going to condense and only have give yourself four to six weeks to prepare. Let's get you doing the stuff that's going to make the difference and get you into and and see what you not just need to know and do it at the time of the delivery. There's the preparation piece. Like runners don't run a 10 K then all of a sudden decide and then do the half marathon or full marathon. They run multiple times a week, right? Like you yeah. have to do stuff daily to prepare. Yeah. So that, uh, I've uh, just started with that, with some live classes that's going to move to being online and then um, an online program with that as well, which can be a DIY if, you know, that's going to serve you better or, you know, the group classes with other energy work and, 
the big piece that I do is that whatever you're thinking, other techniques and tools to help you minimize the number of those negative thoughts and ramp up the tools to help you have more of that positive energy, that positive vibe, feel like, you know, loving on yourself. Like, are you in love with yourself? Like yeah. if you're not in love and love yourself, you know, this doesn't work as well. So helping you get there with that. That's amazing. Oh, I look, I'm looking forward to see. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, I ask this question at the end of uh, every episode for people, just because I, it's, it's a question that I just love asking. When that's, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> oh, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yes. I want to be a, oh gosh, there's so many things, but the one that just really jumps to my mind is, I want to sit and have tea parties with all my stuffies. Oh. I want to be the little princess that has tea parties with her stuffies every week. Because that kid stuff and fun stuff yeah. like that. I also yeah. love playing cards and doing all sorts of things and going hikes and whatever, but oh, we're, yeah. nothing better than imagination, man. And having conversations with my different stuffies. And I still have three or four. Uh, mostly the ones that the kids have that are a little bit ratty. One's got, you know, lost yeah. its head. One had the hair dryer pressed to his chest because my son was a little bit in, you know, <laughs> one of those <clears throat> spirited boys. Uh, you know, that stuffy was my daughter's. So, so actually, mm, yeah, I probably have six that I have hung on to. Two of Jacob's, <laughs> four of my daughter's. And I would just love to grow up so that I could have a weekly tea party. I love it. Dress up with the hats and stuff because they do love hats too. Put on little yeah. dress them all up, and just have these <laughs> conversations. It might it might be hot cocoa because they do like hot cocoa too. Okay. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I love it because it's a question we ask children all the time, and of course they kind of you know it tapers through. But we're we're constantly growing, and I love I love when people play along and they do actually answer. And most of the time, it reverts to going back to being a child, which is I absolutely love. So that's wonderful. Yes, hot cocoa parties with our stuffies. <laughs> yeah. way to do it. Yes. <laughs> now, how can, um, how can people follow you, reach you, if they want to work with you, if they want to know more about your programs? What's, what's the best way to uh, get in touch with you? I, I have not, even though grown up with some of this technology the mastery of the technology is not my forte mm -hmm. so I do have a website that has um, an email link if you wanted to send me something I have a Facebook page which I'm not sure how we put that in there um, or if you put it on some sort of bottom of the promo or link or what have you but I am on Facebook um, I've got a personal page I've got a business page um, my group pages uh, I've got some that people can join because they do have challenges for the reproductive reset um, I will be doing uh, stuff coming up as well with, you know, you know, the, the five steps to cracking the childbirth code. So if they want to just get a feel of what things are like, if there's not an upcoming workshop or um, the web masterclass is not on. So you get a feel for those. I'm usually running those once a month, um, mm. to people, some information. And then from there, there's the QR codes then to book with me, you know, get 15 minutes and let's see if there's something that's really warrants more follow-up and that we can dive deep in a full hour, but I don't offer the one hour from the start because sometimes in that yeah. first conversation, you know, people realize that, you know, you're right. Like 
my relationship with my husband really sucks because there's there's there, I've, I've had clients and patients who were not with the right partner and were having fertility challenges when they found the right partner um and made yeah. that they didn't have any challenges having babies none yeah. surprise them so yeah you can find out a lot of information in 15 minutes and mm-hmm. uh, everybody gets a free 15 minute phone call that's awesome and i'll put out the yeah i'll put that information in the description and in the comments of wherever this will be streaming so they'll oh, be able to contact yeah and yeah. i have a page uh so they can also find me on linkedin karen stillman um you'll see the banner there's there's you know talking about your limiting thoughts and you know can be holding you back from having your babies that's right yeah thank you so much karen for joining me i always enjoy talking with you i love your energy and uh i'm hoping this will reach out to people who need to hear that message that you know it's totally normal what they're going through so thank you so much Oh, it's a pleasure. I always love speaking with you as well. Thank you. It's good. For everybody watching, don't forget again to like, follow, and subscribe to the channel that you're listening or watching from. And don't forget to follow Dr. Karen Stillman as well. Make sure you look at the description so uh, you'll know exactly where to find her. And until then, stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll talk soon.